Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from Luke Boyd. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. This message, this sermon came, uh, I, like Doug, co-wrote this, but probably mostly wrote it, but kind of co-wrote it with my Connect group. Uh, So shout out to my Connect group, I love you guys, you guys rule the school, that's what they say these days, right? And um, yeah, we, we discussed some ideas in the Connect group, and it turned into a sermon, that's cool. I uh, love talking about ideas, ideas about God and ideas about how things work. So let's, let's have a quick look. Um, most of my sermons are preaching and teaching lately, um, but this one's kind of like a share, just like, hey, it's Brother Boyd here, uh, coming alongside you this morning, just wanting to shoot the breeze and have a bit of a, a share with you. Wolf, um, me and Wolf were hanging out at the beach yesterday. Did you enjoy that? It was good, right? I got a tiny bit burnt. Uh, hope you slip, slop, slapped, as I should have. Um, but yeah, let's, let's shoot the breeze and see where it takes us. Um, here's an idea. I think most people uh, want to do or belong to or feel a part of doing something good in the world. I think, I think that goes just across the board. You don't have to be a Christian. I think most of humanity feel there's something inside them. There's an innate pull, an innate desire to be a part of something good that's happening in the world. Um, in the uh, Hebrew tradition, there's this um, beautiful saying, if you want to say it with me, you can. It's tikkun olam. Can you say it with me? Tikkun olam. Oh, it's probably nothing like that. It's probably like, I don't know. I don't want to mock the Hebrew tradition. I really don't. But it does sound like they're trying to hock up something, as a lot of people have been. So, Lord, bless all the people that are hocking things up at the moment. I pray that they would be healed of that in Jesus' name. But Takun Alam, that's how an Australian guy that has no idea, (laughs) Uh, I get everyone to say it like I'm this wise, profound guy that is so well spoken in Hebrew, but I'm not. Um, But yeah, this phrase, okay, this phrase, um, you can Google it, it's, it's super cool, but it speaks to the ongoing repair of the world. There's, there's a, they have a deep understanding in the Hebrew tradition that there's a God that created the world to function in a certain way, in a certain way, and um, humanity has made a bit of a mess of things, but it's okay because there's a God that is in the process of tikkun olam, repairing the world, repairing the world. At the beginning, heaven and earth were one. And then we did this thing where we sort of messed that up a little bit. But there's an ancient idea that heaven and earth again will be one once more. And so we, when we tikkun alam, we are actually playing a part of the construction 
for eternity. We are playing our part. We are, we are lending ourselves to the ongoing repair of the world, bringing everything back, setting it up for this beautiful eternity that we will enjoy. And everyone's invited into that. That's everyone. If you are alive and if you have breath, you are being invited into this idea. So there is this understanding within a lot of people that they want to belong to, to, to do something of worth, uh, to do something good in the world. Are you with me? Yeah, cool. Um, I think for us as Christians, most of us feel a call to do good works. And uh, in, in the Christian tradition, when we look at our Bibles, we read our Bibles, yeah, um, we find uh, in Ephesians, we find this idea that Paul talks about in, I think it's 2.10. I didn't, don't worry, it's all good. Um, I'm just going to talk about it. Ephesians 2.10, uh, where we see this idea that there is a creator who has designed us for good works. Um, Paul believes, the Apostle Paul believes it's in our blueprints, it's in our cellular structure, our DNA, our spirit, our soul, our flesh. There's this, um, there's, there's good works that we were created, designed to do. In, us as individuals, we all have a pull to certain fields, and, and as Christians, we at some point feel this urge to, to do good works. Um, and so that usually looks like, amongst many other different ways that we can, but we might think, oh, you know what, I want to start a connect group, or I want to serve on the um, greeting team, I want to preach one day, I want to go to Bible college and, and equip myself to do something uh, good in, in, the, in the ministry, I want to become a missionary, I want to, you know, name it, you name it. And um, this is really good, this is a good thing. Um, and we, we do really well at it at, the, at those early phases. This, at some point, it's usually early on in our Christianity when we have received this amazing grace and we start to learn about this amazing love. We feel compelled. We want to tell, we want to share this story. We want to share this good news and we want to just be a part of this, this amazing thing that we've been introduced to. Um, and so we do. We, we, we join the connect group. We, we start something. We do something. And it feels uh, really great, and we give of ourselves very generously to it. Um, and we give ourselves generously to that work. We, we pour ourselves into it, and it feels great. Um, until it doesn't feel great. I think a lot of us start off with these great ideas of entering into the cocoon alarm of the universe and we start doing things, we start doing good works and it feels great and then as we keep pouring out, all of a sudden it doesn't feel so good and we are like, oh, oh, I've got to serve on the thing in the morning, Ugh. Oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, oh, I've got a connect group, oh. It's on tomorrow night. I, oh, damn. I, uh, uh, we get to this place where the initial stages felt really good until it didn't feel so good. Um, 
And this is, the, this is what I want to talk about this morning. This is, this is where we're at. This is what I really want to get into, this not feeling so great. When we are wanting to, we, we feel there's some obligation almost now. It's, it's gotten to that point where it's like I feel kind of ob, ob, uh, obligated. Yeah, that's a word, Phil, help me. Obliged. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and we, we, we get to that point even. Um, by the way, you were dressed very snappy this morning. Uh, that jacket, you were looking extraordinary. Um, sorry, just, just had to say it. Go see Matt. <laughs> um, and so we get to this place. It's not so great. And I got this idea, and we're talking, I was talking it through with my connect group. I had this idea. Maybe you've learnt how to give of yourself generously. And I believe that. I think we naturally do that pretty well, especially in this church. Uh, we, we've learned how to give of ourselves generally, but maybe you haven't learned how to receive generously. And so there's a disconnect. Uh, there's a deficit happening. You, you have a good working relationship with the Lord where you, you, you rock up to work, you clock on, you do your thing, and then you bail. Maybe you can give of yourself generously, but you haven't learned how to receive generously. I have a feeling that a lot of us, I know I have it many times in my life, have found myself uh, in that place. And let's, let's talk about that. Um, I, I believe many people here either have forgotten to do this or you've never really spent time practicing the art of receiving from God. This is super important. Um, I imagine, imagine it like this. It's, it's really quite simple. You've got a, a cup and a tap and somewhere that you're pouring the, the water into. You, you turn the tap on, you fill the cup up and then you pour into whatever it is you're doing. So we, I feel this is a word for our church. I honestly do believe this is a prophetic message to our church. I feel, I feel like there are a lot of people that are in the, they're really used to doing this, okay? They're really used to pouring themselves out, but they're not used to going back to the, the source of the water flow and filling it up. The whole idea of this year, which was um, a divinely inspired uh, spark that was given to our pastors was to rest and revive. Now, to revive, we must learn the art of receiving because if we don't, we're just wasting our time. Uh, we've got to learn the art of receiving from God. We, we really, really do. It's time for you to stop doing this 24-7 and start doing this, Yeah. Are you with me? Good. This is a good thing. Uh, yeah, if you do that, you'll be at a deficit. Have you ever felt like or even found yourself saying, when it comes to doing these good works, oh, I just feel like I've got nothing to give anymore? Um, <laughs> or I just feel so empty. Uh, I just got nothing. It's because you don't. This is a very honest assessment. Congratulations. You are in tune with yourself. You're in tune with your soul. 
you have gotten to the point where you've been doing this, now you're empty. You, you got nothing left to give? Yeah, that's right. You've poured it all out. It's time to receive generously from the God that's constantly giving of himself generously to you. This is really, really important, guys. I hope that we're, we're starting to, to feel what I'm saying here. Um, when we give generously without receiving generously, we tend to empty ourselves out until we are a shell of who we once were. And this doesn't feel good when we're a shell of who we once were. It doesn't feel good. Um, and in this state, I find, from personal experience, it's easy to get jaded and bitter. You dry up, you crack. In this state of constant pouring out and not turning the cup over to be refilled, you will become a shell of yourself and you will find it very easy to become jaded with the whole idea of playing your part in tikkun olam. Ooh, this is real talk. I can tell because it's very quiet. But this is good. This is good. This is, it's good to explore this idea, to let it move us, to let, us, to let this talk shake us up and maybe help us to change how we do things. Um, this state, becoming jaded and bitter, we see really quite profoundly in one of my favourite stories in the Bible, one that you've heard me talk about a lot of times. Uh, we find it in Luke 15, uh, chapter 28 through to 31. We see the older brother. I call it the parable of the good father. A lot of people call it the parable of the prodigal son. Um, it picks it up in 28. It says, The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. He's, he's ticked. He hasn't learnt how to receive. He's been constantly on the pour out, thinking that that's what his father wanted. But maybe his father didn't want him to be on the constant pour out. Maybe his father's heart is revealed in what he says to him immediately after he hears his son's rant through. He says, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Please just let that sink in right now. You have a father, in case you didn't know, I say this all the time, the father figure here, Jesus is painting the father figure. Yeah, he's, this is the God character of the story. He's talking at Jesus, he's talking about God. He paints him in the picture of a father who is saying to his child, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. You can almost hear him saying, you could have had a fattened calf whenever you wanted. You could have had it. Everything I have is yours. 
You, you got access to everything I have. You could have taken and used and received anything you wanted, but you didn't. I never required you to be on the constant pour out. You can almost hear the Father's heart. I never required you to be on the constant pour out. You could do this as much as you do that. You can do this as much as you do that. I never required you to just be constantly doing this. Do you realize God, the good Father, is saying to you, you are always with me and everything I have is yours? Come to me and receive. Receive more of my love. Receive more of my joy. Receive more of my peace. Make a habit of coming to me and your soul will never thirst again. These are, these are some words that I feel have been pressed into my soul. <laughs> Come to me. Jesus says, he, he actually said, come to me. The Christ says, come to me. If you make a habit of coming to me, you will never thirst again. A lot of us are thirsty and we're getting angry and frustrated and it's, and it's causing us to get a little bit, oh, this, this is tough, this sucks. I don't want to do stuff anymore. Oh, it's just getting hard. Thank you, Bill. Oh, it's a good, anas- a good analogy. We... we Pour it out. Mm. Come to me and you'll never thirst again. This is, this is the idea. This idea of pouring ourselves out and filling ourselves back up is not, if I was to be honest, the correct order starts like this. You fill up, then you pour out. You've got to have something in you before you can pour. And when you do pour when there's nothing to pour, it's not fun. Life is meant to be fun. Jesus came to give life and life to the full. There's an understanding that this life is exciting, that this life we can experience love, joy, peace, all the good fruits that God has for us, and it is meant to be enjoyed. The engine, I've heard it once said back in the Bible called in Bible college days, that the engine that's driving the universe through all of its creation is God's joy. This whole creation is a joy to him. It's the engine that's driving everything is God's joy. You're here because it pleases God. Guys, this is the life he wants us to live, but if you don't fill up, it's no fun. Uh, yeah. In the Gospels, we see Jesus giving of himself generously to all people, but the Gospels explicitly mention that Jesus constantly went away to intimately receive from the Father. The busier Jesus got in his ministry, the more time he spent getting away. <laughs> Most people in our culture, if, we, if things get busier, what do we do? We add another service. We, we start another connect group. We do something else. We start doing, doing, doing more. But Jesus doesn't necessarily work that way. For he knew 
that to do more good work, to do more good ministry, he had to get away and receive more. So instead of feeling like, you ever heard people say, I just don't have the time for this or the time for that? Jesus made it a priority, (laughs) and he was a busy guy, but he made it a priority that he had to get away. He'd just get away and fill his cup back up. Jesus mastered the art of filling up his cup. You couldn't do what he did without it. And guess what? Jesus is calling us to do even better things, even, even more things. So we've got to get this. If Jesus did it, I think we should probably go, hmm, that seems like a good idea. Uh, maybe I'll try to do it. I'll have what he's having. I'm going to have a crack at getting away from everything. And, and I'm going to stop doing this until I have nothing left. And I'm not going to let myself actually get to the point of having nothing left. I'm going to just... Get away and receive. Okay, Uh, so this sounds great, but what are we going to do about it? We're going to have a little bit of time. Uh, We're going to open up the service in a minute for us to stand and to meditate on God and to spend some time with him and practice the art of receiving. But let's just have a few, uh, a quick little look at what's left for me to say. I've got to say it all. In my sermon last Sunday, I spoke about Jesus promising us that that when we are asking, we will receive. Uh, When we are seeking, we will find. And when we are knocking, the door will be opened. Um, Now, I want you to listen to this. It's about opening yourself up to God and actively posturing your life to receive from the divine. This is, it's a conscious thing. It's, it's not just going to happen. You've got to be thoughtful. You've got to allow yourself some space and time to open yourself up, to, to consciously become aware that there is a God who is always with you and everything he has is yours and allow him to fill you. Um. And I understand that we all connect to God in in, in different ways, uh, but I think we can all practice this art of allowing ourselves to become consciously aware of the God that is always with us. Yeah? This is is a practice. So the the, the Christian mystics would call this uh, like meditating, but it it was an art form, it was a discipline, it was a practice. It was something that they did. It wasn't something that they thought about and it wasn't something that they knew was a good idea. Um, This was an art form that they would practice. So my encouragement for us is to stop and actually practice the art of receiving. Oh, but I feel so dry and cracked. Yes, I know. This will help you feel a little bit better. This will help fill you up to the point where it's like, oh my gosh. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I'm good to go. Yeah? Um, Now, let me just ask an honest question, okay? And I don't want you to put your hand up or give me a response. I just want this question to sit with you. Um, When was the last time you prayed to God and said something like this, which is what I've been doing lately, um, because... I thought, why not? What am I? Why am I not doing this? <laughs> um, when was the last time you said something like this to God? 
God, could you please lead me deeper into joy? Or God, could you please lead me deeper into your peace? When was the last time we actually stopped, recognized what we needed to receive from God and actually just spent time asking him, seeking him and knocking on the door for it to be open so that you can receive this good thing that you know your soul needs? When was the last time we actually did that? It's an interesting thought, isn't it? Um, we, when we ask God these kinds of questions, what do you think is <laughs> going to happen? Or how do you think this feels towards, how do you think this feels for God? How do you think? <laughs> it's not like, um, Jesus paints the picture for us, seek and knock. He paints the picture that um, uh, even fathers that just blow it, when their son asks them for something good, he doesn't give them something bad. You're asking your heavenly father for more of joy? Do you think he's going to just go, oh, well, you're going to need, you're going to need some sorrow. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. No, it doesn't work like that. You've got to seek it out. You've got to ask first, then probably seek it out, and knock on all the ways, on all the doors you need to, to receive it. Be active about it. Open yourself up to receive. Um, uh, for those, oh, this is crazy. God, yeah, okay. Um, for those seeking wisdom, Jess, that was so cool talking about um, Proverbs this morning. Um, this, is, this is what Proverbs says about the wisdom of God. Okay, you ready for this? When we think about asking God for wisdom, what do you think it's like to try and find it? This is what Proverbs says. It says, Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. God is not hiding from you. God is rushing towards you with everything he has. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's face.